You're tuned into Finding Your Frequency with hosts Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. Connect with the show. Call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Finding Your Frequency. My name is Ryan Treasure. As you all know, Jeff is uh, out and about taking over the world, bringing new opportunities to the Voice America Talk Radio Network. So he'll be joining us uh, in the future on some uh, other recordings that we'll be doing. Uh, I hope everybody is uh, enjoying the nice series that we've been uh, uh, bringing to you for 2019. We have uh, some really cool topics we've brought, you know, talking about uh uh, cryptocurrency and cybersecurity. You know, we talked about our health index with uh, Dr. Uh, Bomi. Uh, a bunch of really cool stuff that we've been learning about, and uh, hopefully, you guys are following us along. Don't forget to check out the website, fightingyourfrequency.net. And so, we're going to continue uh, on with talking to some folks from our uh, local backyard here, right here in Phoenix, Arizona. As you know, we've been highlighting some uh, fantastic businesses and entrepreneurs uh, in the Phoenix area, and we're going to continue with that today. Today, we're going to talk to Jay and Michelle Macklin, the co-owners of Platinum Living Realty. They began their careers in real estate in 2003 and opened their first brokerage in 2010. In July 2018, they made the decision to take their growing brokerage firm independent and to separate from the national brand they had been working with. So that's finding your frequency right there. So I want to take a moment and just welcome Jay and Michelle Macklin to the show. Guys, welcome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. Awesome. It's uh, super early in the morning here, and I appreciate you guys you know, waking up bright and early and coming on down. Excited to be here. Yeah, not something I'm used to doing, but that's all right. <laughs> I, I can do it. Awesome. Well... Welcome to the show. And, you know, we were kind of uh, talking a little bit before uh, about finding your frequency and, and what the show is about. And, you know, uh, it's it's uh, it's about kind of stepping outside of your comfort zone. Right. Uh, in our promo, it says, you know, summoning the intestinal fortitude to move forward and uh, uh, try things and take on new challenges. And, uh, you know, so that's what it seems like you guys have been doing uh, in the real estate uh, area for quite a while. So why don't you guys just maybe kind of take us back in the beginning of, uh, you know, your your real estate days and, you know, what, what made you get started into real estate and, you know, start your business and, and, and where you went, I found that frequency. Yeah. You know, for me, it was uh, just following Michelle and, and what she did. She started in 2003 and I'll let her uh, explain what she did before that. But I spent 20 years in the car business. So for me, it was kind of a, a natural progression because it uh, it really filled in uh, what I was used to for the last 20 years. But I just watched her. I just watched her kill it. And I was just like, God, 2000, remember that 2003 through 2005? It was oh, like, yeah, it was you, booming. Yeah, you could steam <laughs> a mirror and, and sell a whole bunch of houses. Now it's completely changed. But uh, I just got really, I was a, a general sales manager for a dealership and I, I just got tired of what I was doing. And so I looked at what she was doing. I'm just like, God, it looks like a lot of fun. She's constantly asking me to go to lunch, and I'm just like, I can't do that. And so I'm like, <laughs> I need some freedom. And so uh, 2005, I just decided to get my license, and I joined uh, real estate in 2006. But uh, she had started uh, prior to that uh, in 2003. Yeah, I had come out of the corporate world. I was tired of having my income and being controlled by somebody else and, and my destiny, and I finally decided <laughs> that I wanted to... Slave to the W-2. Exactly. <laughs> and I thought, you know, it's time for me to go take a, a risk. And I had always had, had a salary, so it was a little bit of a risk, right, when you go to a, a straight commission position. And um, I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to just dive right in and see how this works out. And Actually, I think the conversation when she came home one day, she was like, I think I'm going to get in real estate. If this doesn't work out, can you support me? And I'm like, uh, I said, sure. <laughs> uh, you said straight commission. I wish Jeff was here, the the CEO, and uh, he'd be the first person to be like, 
I've never had a job that wasn't just, you know, yeah. straight commission, you know, and, uh, you know, kudos to you guys because stepping out on the, you know, on the plank, so to say, and taking that step to, you know, the unknown and then knowing that you have to, you know, work your tail off, right, to, yeah. to make stuff happen. Hey, you know, if you don't take a risk, right? And I'll tell you, it was the best decision I ever made. I had said to Jay, I think within eight months, I had more than doubled what I was making in the corporate world. So I looked at Jay and I said, man, if I would have just done this when I was 24. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and you know what's interesting from my standpoint is that it wasn't necessarily what she was making because she was, but it was she was really enjoying what she was doing. Like it was so much fun. And and I think we both re- – I saw that and that's kind of what fired me up because at, at one point, you know, after 20 years in the car business, I, I stopped having fun. Uh, and I realized that the real estate industry, that's what it's all about. You should you should have fun doing this job. Like it's not just a paycheck. It is right. fun helping families. And some of our best friends are Michelle's past clients. And right. so that yeah. that's a huge piece to the real estate industry. Yeah, it, it it's a it's a phenomenal industry. It's to me the most rewarding position and job I've ever done, and I have fun doing it. So when you guys got into the space in you know that O three and O five time period, um, what was kind of your role as you entered into it? Was it more of a you know um, I'm, I'm 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 finding houses for clients and selling them houses, and you guys were you know kind of on the street you know talking to clients and drumming up that kind of business. Tell tell us kind of how that that piece started because I know compared to what you do now, it's much different. So I want mm-hmm. the the audience to kind of understand the you know the difference. Well, back then. Inventory was so low as it is today, but not quite as low as it was back then. So you had to be ready to write an offer. You had to, your clients had to be ready to step up to the plate. You had to increase your earnest money. You had to really bring your game to get the home that you wanted. Uh, There was just so much competition at that time. There was, and there was multiple offers. There were, um, you know, people lining up. The minute those houses hit the market, I remember showing investors properties where we were, there were 30 people at a property. Whoa. We were writing offers on the hoods of my car. It was wow. crazy. We were putting escalator clauses in these contracts and putting insane earnest money dollars up and just doing, you You had to do what you had to do to get those offers. And I remember watching the hot sheet by the minute and if something would what, hit the t- market. T- what's a hot sheet? A hot sheet is <laughs> essentially when you're watching it by the minute as new listings hit the market, price changes happen, any current live up-to-date by so, the minute So like the day traders looking at exactly. his stocks and going, okay, <laughs> Very what, what, what's hitting up and what's going down? Exactly. <laughs> Got it. I remember calling clients and say, I don't care if you're in your pajamas. I'm coming to get you. we got to go look at this house. So it, you had to be ready to go, and you had to always be um, a step ahead. And then, and then 2008 happened. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting. 2008 <laughs> happened. And yeah. We couldn't do price reductions fast enough yeah. to keep up with the declining market. Yeah, and we, you know, we were talking a little bit about that, and uh, it was it was crazy. I, I watched my house literally go from what I had just purchased for to like sixty thousand dollars in in value. And I watched uh, we we purchased a house in a brand new neighborhood, and I watched these neighbors that I had just met. You know, it was like, oh, hey, we all got a new house together. What's up? Nice mm-hmm. to meet you guys. You know, we all got thirty year loans. We better get along, <laughs> right? right. And then, you know, five, six, seven months later, like they just left, right? Just walked away from their houses, you know, which didn't help the, didn't help that at all. Then they went down even further. So it was tough. That was a very tough time. And and I think when it really caused you to have to look at your business and decide you had to pivot and change where we had to 
brush up our skills and quickly become short sale specialists, right, on how to help these clients get out of their homes uh, without completely losing them to foreclosure. So at the same time, people that you sold homes to, um, when it was a really happy time, it became a very sad time. But you know, to get them out of, of uh, on a short sale, to get them out of their property, I think they were very grateful at the time that we were able to take them through the short sale process. And then three to five years later, we've been able to put them back in homes as their credits recovered. So it really, um, it, it caused you to really sort of pivot and change. Yeah. And I know during that time too, there was um, some regulational changes, you know, that happened too, that made things a little bit, you know, uh, difficult. I remember, uh, some people literally walked away from their houses. Mm-hmm. They didn't short sale. They didn't do anything. They literally just walked away, yep. you know, and, uh, there was no repercussion to them for, you know, walking away. And I know some stipulations on that stuff changed, but, um, what are, what are some challenges as of 2008 and some of those regulatory things that have kind of either helped or inhibited you guys as you're moving towards your, um, you know, your brokerage when you're launching that in 2010? Well, they've definitely tightened the appraisal process now, right? After what happened back in 2005, five, six, well, probably four, five, and six, the well, one, the lending has become tighter and the appraisal process has become tighter, which is not a bad thing. Um, it, though some of those regulations have helped to prohibit or prevent what what we saw in 2008 from happening again. So sometimes those regulations are not a bad thing. Yeah. And for me, you know, it was interesting. I, I, uh, you know, as I started, I, <laughs> like, I think most agents start, right? You start and you go, I have a license. I got a computer. I need buyers and sellers to help find houses. Right. You know, what do I do? So, you know, as we're work, working through this whole process uh, in 2008 hits, uh, it's interesting when you watch this market just overnight collapse and, and you have to take a really interesting look at your business and go, okay, you know, how do I adapt and adjust really fast? And so, as Michelle said, we kind of went into that, you know, retail short sale mode and just said, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are in a position where most of them don't want to leave their house. Most of them want to keep their house, but the only option they have at this point is either to let it go to foreclosure or go to a short sale. So we got really proficient in that process. And like she said, we've, we've helped a lot of those folks afterwards uh, be able to buy over yeah. uh, after a few years after that. So, yeah. Yeah, because I know that, that hit to your credit takes a little while to repair. It sure does. That's yeah. why my wife and I, I, we just decided to stay in our house. So we just literally, you know, hunkered down, kept paying our payments, yep. even though we were paying for something that was not yep. worth what it was. And you know, it's good because uh, we ended up, you know, we're all right now. Yeah, sure. No biggie. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. You know, definitely uh, always good to kind of hear that, you know, the the real estate community kind of helped out with, you know, the the people who kind of got stuck in some of that stuff in 2008. Um, so now 2010 is rolling around, right? And you guys are, you know, doing your thing and helping folks with their houses and uh and then now you're you're gonna you're gonna look at creating a, a brokerage or entering a brokerage. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's talk about that because I think now we we've kind of un- identified for the listener your your standard kind of real estate uh, activities and what what you're doing you know out there. And let's let's roll that into the brokerage and talk about you know what that brokerage is and and why you guys decided to shift in that direction. Yeah, so I think for us it was uh, you know like every real estate agent does they you know they look at their P and L every year every month they record every year and they go okay what do I pay what do I get every so week we, yeah every week and they you know. <laughs> So we did the same thing, and and we quickly realized that you know God, there's the you know we we couldn't itemize the value of what we we're getting, and so just to recap for the listeners here, real estate brokerages obviously the states you know United States regulates that every real estate licensee has to be in a brokerage or have a broker's license to oversee 
their activities. And so we were with a franchise at that point. And then, you know, we kind of looked at the value and said, you know, maybe we should just do this on our own. You know, mm-hmm. we had a team and it was just Michelle and I and three or four other agents uh, and an assistant we have. And so uh, who we still have with us. And we decided we were just going to go on our own in the hopes that we can just save money in, in the cost that it takes. And so not realizing that it would double our costs as we opened <laughs> up the brokerage. But then uh, we were in this uh, for about two or three years and we had accumulated uh, probably 30 agents within the brokerage. They just came and wanted to hang their license here. And I was the designated broker and I still am. Uh, and we just were looking at our PL and kind of going like, where does, like, what is this where's this money coming from? And we looked at it and we're like, God, this is from the agents that have brought in their deals and how much we charge them. And, and so we thought, God, that's not enough to keep, to take the liability. Right. Because we're responsible for the agent's activities and what they do. And so we have to oversee everything from advertising to uh, their legal and illegal, if any, activities. I'm right? sure that causes for a, a extremely expensive uh, insurance policy sure for you does. guys. We, and we just renewed that, yeah. And uh, uh, some legal retainer fees, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We can talk about that in another episode. But, yeah, you know, uh, what's interesting is, unfortunately, this is a, a bit of a litigious society. So we, we end up in a, in a situation where people feel like they're wronged and, and they end up, you know, just, yeah. you know, of course, lawyers love this. Uh, and, and I love my lawyer uh, to death. But, uh, but yeah, so what we did is uh, 2010, we, we opened up a brokerage. And, and then and probably 2012, into 2012, we really saw the value. For me, I, uh, I really gravitated toward that end of it. And we opened up our franchise at the time in in uh, January of 2013, I think, right? End of 2012. Um, anyway, so uh, then we fast-forwarded and grew the brokerage. I, I, I kind of got out of selling, and all I did is just work on recruiting agents that I felt that I could add value to and help them with their business. And I got involved in a coaching program in 2008, uh, and it, uh, it it really helped me identify and open up my eyes to really running a business from systems and technology and, yeah. and programs and all that stuff and really building a business. And so, and how, how much that has changed even since 2008. Oh, my God, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Every day, and I, I don't, I'm not out there selling, so I don't compete with my agents but necessarily, but I sit in front of a computer and I'm thinking to myself, God, there's there's shiny objects every single day that come across my, my desk. And I'm thinking to myself, I do this all day long. I can't imagine what agents feel like when they're out in the field and they come back and they're like, oh, my God, there's another shiny object that I have to learn. And so... <laughs> I think everybody's trying to reinvent the technology or the real estate wheel with technology, and it just it doesn't need to happen. It's just super simple. And, and what I find is that real estate agents tend to be more uh, – we use a lot of disk personalities, but they tend to be very simple, right? They just wanted something to work, not not simple in mind, simple in, in what they have to do in implementation. Yeah, like in functionality. In functionality, right. right. They're not going to – I mean, they're very smart people, but they don't want to take five steps to do something that only takes two. And right. so that's where I think the, the real estate industry could change in the future is that there's just uh, – there's there's so much duplication of systems out there that it needs to be kind of filtered down to one. Or you could chalk it up to just every salesperson doesn't like entering data in the CRM. Every good salesperson <laughs> is – Sucks at paperwork. That's just the way it is. They no, just—they're no, not that's good. That's a hundred percent fact. I have, yeah. you know, a, a whole a whole bunch of colleagues who sell advertising and do all that kind of stuff, and uh, I manage technology portion. So I'm like. Couldn't put the phone number in the little box. Yeah. Just no. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They're like, I got the check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, didn't I do my job? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Go on. Exactly. Yeah. But I think with the brokerage, when we the brokerage model, the way we sort of structured it, really worked. Where Jay did work with the agents and coaching and training and 
I continued to work with my clients and selling and, and really worked the back end of the company. And as we started to grow, I worked more with the real estate offices and, mm-hmm. and helping get those different office locations established. And with the growth, we had immediate growth. Uh, it was pretty it was a pretty tremendous um, time, and we were growing like by leaps and bounds. So we opened up several locations, and that was really fun. So we really worked out a good system where I I always say Jay did the sales and I did the operations of the business. So it worked. So in that in that time frame from the time you started the brokerage to 2018, before you started to shift and do your own thing, how 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 many uh, locations were you guys able to to grow to? So we had four locations, which Today we still have four locations, mm-hmm. and we had we had about a hundred in between one hundred and forty five and one hundred and fifty agents at the very peak of of the at the time with at the peak of our growth. And I should th- say. those agents they service the entire like Maricopa County mm-hmm. area. Correct. Awesome. Yeah, for the most part, I mean, I think most of our agents kind of worked more in the you know Scottsdale, East Valley, mm-hmm. and I had a few in the West Valley, but uh, in Southwest Valley, but predominantly, I call it the star pattern. They're going to go wherever the the business <laughs> takes them, right? Yeah. They're, uh, but predominantly, that star gets smaller as we dive into the agents. But. So as you guys are kind of nearing this 2018 pivot point, what what's going through your minds when you guys are thinking, you know, I think it's time to I'm get back on this. Uh, Back on the plank again. Yeah. We, <laughs> We're going to take another risk. Jay and I are always looking at our business. What can we do to be better? What can we do to continue to grow? How can we continue to be more effective at what we do? And as we started looking at what we wanted to do with the company in the future, we'd had conversations along the way about, hey, we maybe we should consider taking the company to an independent brokerage because of the direction we want to take it in our future. So those conversations kind of came and went. And then as, as we got a little more serious about it, we really dove in and looked at, really kind of had long meetings and said, okay, what do we really want to do with this company? And where do we want to take it? And we decided that we really wanted to take it to more of a, uh, in a luxury direction, uh, being able to offer our, our agents a better experience from a brokerage standpoint, giving them the systems, the tools, the technology, continue the coaching and the training, and making it an overall great experience to be with Platinum Living Realty. So I think as we made that decision, Jay and I are not afraid to take risks. So once we really came to the conclusion that that was the right direction for the future of the company, we we dove in and did it. And yeah, we don't waste any time. No, yeah, we we kind of did. But I think you know what Michelle said too is that we we looked at outside factors. We looked at um, you know people use this word disruption, right? They use disruptor in the marketplace. I'm getting kind of tired of that word, but anyway, but it's <laughs> it's out there, right? So you know, and, and what we talked about off the air is that Phoenix is a hotbed for any new system technology company, particularly real estate. Mm-hmm. It's such a diverse com- area with diverse uh, cultures and a lot of transient people that. If it works in Phoenix, uh, it's going to work anywhere. And, and back to your original question about the short sale stuff, you know, we were kind of the, the spear point to that. It was Phoenix, uh, Vegas, and Florida. Took the hardest hit when it came to that, you know, um, uh, hit in the marketplace. And so we're also going to do the same thing when it comes to growth. And that's what's happening right now. So we looked at that and said, you know, I think it's really important for us to to look at the future and kind of see what's going around in the marketplace mm-hmm. and make decisions based on our future growth and how we can elevate that agent experience by offering more systems and more tools and more ways to help them grow and help them implement what they unfortunately don't end up 
doing right. themselves. That's funny. You were talking about Phoenix with the hotbed. I've done, uh, I don't know, six or seven interviews in the last couple of weeks where it was like this technology guy. He's like, yeah, we did our beta release for f- people in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, I interview another gentleman. You know about the, the escape rooms? Right? Oh, yeah. So yeah. Um, they test bedded the entire national project. Um, the, the guy's from Budapest, right? That's where they invented all these escape room things. And then he brought it here to the United States. It's wildly popular now. They have like 40 locations worldwide. Dude's a billionaire now. And um, yeah, their first location was here. They did the test bed, and so it's been uh, it's been kind of funny to see you know different industries, you know, not even real estate, just everybody uh, using Phoenix as kind of a hub for that kind of stuff. We're very much a progressive market here. Yeah, yeah. So you guys are starting your own your mm-hmm. your own uh, your own deal, your own uh, brokerage. Your your you had 140 ish uh, you know folks before, and now you you moved into doing the independent thing, and you kind of had to probably start growing that network all over again. Yeah, we did. Some um, people maybe came with you. Some people yeah, stayed. Yeah, no, well, you know, right? it's, it's like any change you make, we, we made these lists. We're like, okay, here's, here's people that are going to stay. Here's the people that are going to go. Here's people that we're not really sure of. And so when you start to really funnel your focus on a specific market, you you, you realize that you're not going to feed, you're not going to be all things to all people. Yep. And so we realized that that's okay. That's, that's We're fine with that because we just want to attract the people that we add value to. Right. We talk about, uh, you know, value-based pricing for professional. Yep services, right? And one of the first things as people, you know, are like, you know, for lawyers and that stuff, they're like, throw out the timesheets and all that, you know, but we look at it from a different perspective, right? And it's like, you know, I only have the capacity to work for or work with X amount of people. You know, you guys are moving towards this luxury market, right? So maybe some of those other uh, folks that you were working with didn't quite fit that one. So, you know, um, a lot of people, when they make those shifts, they literally just say, hey, you know what, I'm going to raise my prices, Right and right for you guys, that's moving into luxury, sure. uh, and, and that that kind of siphons off some of the other components that you don't need to necessarily work with, so you can focus on your niche, right? Yeah. Well, and also looking at how important really is having a brand. We have the internet. We are. It doesn't matter if you are local or you're national or you're international. The internet has solved that problem for companies oh, yeah. everywhere. Right? You you don't have to. I mean, with being on the web. You don't have to. Ha- you don't have to have a brand. Well, I think that's also. Uh, you know, consumer behaviors have changed, and, and the way people search has changed. And people don't wake up every day and go, "Hey, I'm going to call a brand." They call a person, right? And so it's mm-hmm. about the personal service and the personalized service they get. So, we decided that that segment of the market is something we really like, and we we want to be more bespoke when it comes to the services right. and the things that we provide, not only to our consumers and our customers that are clients, buyers, and sellers, but it's also to our clients, which are the agents. So for us, it was more about how do we how do we cut- customize that experience for them. And the only way we could do that is within our own decision process. Right. And well, you're also providing some, you know, ongoing training and coaching totally. and that kind of Absolutely. stuff. Yeah. Uh, tell us about that. I love continued education. So uh, what are you guys doing for your agents and, and the people that you work with to, you know, help them grow their horizons? Yeah. So uh, being a part of the coaching program you know, back in 2008, um, I realized that there was a huge gap in the business because I, I looked at it and thought, God, I, I, the, the things that I don't have in front of me that help me grow my business from an agent standpoint is marketing and uh, systems. And so that's just not something inherently good that agents do well. And and I learned and really, really uh, spent time diving into that. So we coach on lead generation systems, uh, conversion systems, follow-up, tracking, like really creating systems within their business that are more automated and more uh, specific to them, not only individually, but doesn't require a lot of their time. Right. And so a lot of agents will end up doing everything, right? They put the lockbox on, they put the sign on, they're doing $10 an hour work, 
right? It's not dollar cost productive, and they end up, you know, they're, they're making $150 an hour, but they're doing $10 an hour work. So we're trying to really kind of build those systems to think, you know, talk about people, systems, and technology. If we can leverage those three things within an agent's business, they will have a very good career, and they will elevate the experience for their own client, which is the buyer and seller. Well, and the That's other awesome. the yep. other piece of that is also when they transition and make the decision to come to Platinum Living Royalty, we want to make that a super smooth process for them. We want to take the any of the burden of the transition off their plate, right? We have a whole transition team. We also uh, have a somebody that will step in and help them get all their social media because I think the first thing that comes to mind when somebody says, oh, I really want to change brokerages, but oh, it's just it's so cumbersome. There's so much to do. I don't have time. I'm busy. So we, because we've both been in the field and sold and, and have done made these changes, we know what it's like to do it, right? So I've sat down with my team and said, look, we need to make this whole transition for an agent as easy and as smooth as possible so that they can continue to do what they do, and that's sell houses. Right. We don't want them to be doing the cumbersome things that, that, like Jay said, that are not dollar cost productive. So we step in and we do everything for them, from helping them, helping them create their own brand. We have a marketing director in-house. We have a social um, media and tech director. So everybody, everybody pulls together as a team and helps those agents to make the transition as smooth as possible. Yeah, no, that, no, that's good too because yeah. I, you know, I, I'm in I'm in media. We're in technology. This yeah. is I live and breathe that type of stuff every day. Um, you know, click funnels, pay per click. I, I mean, mm-hmm. you guys probably do a lot of that too. Oh, with, you're talking my language, brother. Right? You're like, oh, I gotta get. <laughs> I just spent ten thousand dollars. I need to get that back as soon as yep. possible. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, we do a lot of that. We do a lot of tech. We do a lot of, you know, uh, like I said before, you know, making it easy for the agent. The pain of disconnect always outweighs the opportunity for gain. So when they're sitting at their desk. I hate where I'm at. I don't want to move. And so we're, we, we try to be a partner in their business, not just that what I call the landlord-tenant relationship. Yeah. Here's your license. You pay me a fee. Good luck. I want to be a partner in their business, and I want to see them grow because we all benefit if they all grow. Yeah, the it's, more sales they can make, absolutely. the more, you know, more benefits everybody. You know, I, it's, you know, like with our production team, I'm not going to expect uh, you know, our audio engineer to go grab a camera and go shoot video as a photographer um, You know, because that's not their wheelhouse. Right. Uh, right. You know, and so especially with... With, you know, sales, it's more about that, you know, person to person connection. So, mm-hmm. you know, we don't need uh, Johnny Agent sitting there uh, updating his Facebook page. We need him out talking to people. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, and I, I do just... have to say, from owning a brokerage and watching some of these agents come in, especially if they're a newer agent, watching them grow their business and change their lives is really neat. I mean, it's really an exciting time for Jay and I to watch these agents parlay their business into mm-hmm. something really really great. Well, when they get excited about it and they get they really start enjoying the business, then they start that exponential growth, that what I call that quantum leap growth starts to happen where they really want to start funneling more money back into their marketing and their systems and their technology as mm-hmm. opposed to living on this roller coaster income. Right? Sold two houses, got nothing coming in for the next 4 <laughs> months. I got to pay back all that 4 months that I haven't paid and, and I'm I'm still dead broke, right? So, uh, and it's it, it's hard because you do live and breathe on your commission checks, but right. if you if you Avoid money and just do systems and work with clients uh, in a way that you serve them and you serve clients, the money will always be there. And that's the problem is that they don't they don't look at serving their clients or helping families. They just think about selling houses. There you and go, listeners. Got to remind you yeah. again. It, it, we, again, service. S-E-R-V-I-C-E. Yep. Right. Service. Um, every single entrepreneur that we've had on Finding a Frequency, and the show's been active for, uh, you know, going on four years now, uh, that is the number one thing that every entrepreneur says is you have to, number one, you know, 
focus on service to yourself, your customers, uh, and don't worry about the money as long as you, you focus yep. on that service. That, the rest of that will be there. Yeah. I, I can't even explain to you how many times, hundreds of times, every entrepreneur has given us that same same advice. Well, we and it's it's so true because I know when I first got into the business, I was very worried, like I mentioned earlier, giving up a, a pretty handsome salary was very scary. Well, when I didn't focus on that and I was just out there having fun, sitting open houses, meeting, meeting new people and, and buyers and sellers, the money came. Yeah. And I and I never looked back. Yeah. So and I do try and, and tell that to agents too. If you just stay consistent and treat it like a business, yeah. if you treat your business like a business, it will treat you like a business. That's a good point. I, I tell all my agents, I'm like, look, you owe you owe fiduciary responsibility to two people, right? You owe fiduciary responsibility to your client, and you also owe fiduciary responsibility to you as a CEO of your own business. Right. And so yeah. you have to do what's right for your business, but. You have to make decisions based on that. You can never put your uh, uh, needs first. You have to put the client's needs first, of course. But um, And I think what they do is they only focus on what Michelle was just saying, the money and the money and the money. You know, getting into real estate is not just about the money. Yeah, you can make decent income, but uh, you can make a great living. I mean, there's agents – we've got agents that are making millions of dollars a year in income, right? Just two and a half, three million dollars a year in gross income. But they don't do it for the money. They do it to serve people and to and to provide families housing and, right. and it's a feel good. Well, and not only that, I mean, it's beats the sitting in a cubicle nine to five kind yeah. of thing, right? You get to yeah. actually be outside, you know, on the street, meeting different people, having conversations, you know. Um, oh, that's what vitamin and, D looks like. And look, yeah. looking at properties too, which are cool. You know, you're like, hey, this used to be, you know, you guys are in the luxury thing, so yeah. you're like, hey, look, we're gonna go sell Kurt Warner's house or something right. like that. You know, yeah. I saw that on the news when they had that up for sale and. Yeah. Saw that uh, they they just finally got figured out what was up with Randy Johnson's house, right? That was a that was a monster. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the guy is six eight, six ten, whatever he is. I mean, he's got to have a big house. But it was uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's you know, we get to see a lot of cool celebrity people. What's, we get the, to, what's the coolest celebrity house you guys have got to go check out? I'll leave that with Michelle. She knows more about that luxury market than I have. But I, we do have a couple listings uh, that are active right now that are celebrities uh, that we can't really necessarily yeah, oh yeah, no. say the name. Pre- previous but, ones, previous ones, yeah, yeah, not yeah. active ones, of course. Yeah. Well, we get to see. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be a celebrity's home, but we see some really great houses. And Scott, very unique. Scottsdale and, and Paradise Valley yeah. have some, you know, fantastic cool yeah. homes. Yeah. Paradise yeah. Valley is one of my favorite places. I, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm friends with the um, a couple folks from the McCain family, hmm. uh, and then also the Goldwater family, yeah. and so they all have some really nice homes over in that area. Yeah. So, yeah, Central Phoenix. Oh, yeah, yeah pretty, You know, it's after a while you see so many homes, and there's every once in a while you'll see one that really is just different, and it's it's. Fun, you know. Yeah, we uh, you toured a client in a house that one time. It was really just unique and you know, just it wasn't the typical. Oh, okay, you know, it's got drywall and you know, <laughs> same four walls and you know, that's the fun about real estate is you walk into these places and, and it really provides. It's almost like you walk into like Italy, right? You're like, oh my god, I feel like I'm in a Tuscan like village. Right, yeah, this is yeah. awesome, and that's what becomes fun about the real estate industry. On my end, I like the fact that I can I can help agents have that experience because they can move into that luxury market where. They don't necessarily want to do what I do, uh, and they just want to go out and show clients and, and work with people. And yeah. Yeah, I was telling you guys, I've, I've been uh, living in Phoenix my whole life. I grew up here. I've traveled all over the world. I was in the Navy, and mm. you know, uh, for whatever reason, wherever I go, I always think about home, saguaro cactuses, and brown dirt. And yep. uh, when I'm flying home and I look down at the, and I'm like, yeah, I'm home, yep. and, I, and, I, and I'm happy about it. Uh, 
but I had always driven down the 51 and right about 51 in Glendale in between Glendale and Northern on the east side there's a cliff yep. Yep. and well, there's a big house I've always been like I just wanted to go see that house I've always been fascinated by it because when you even driving down the freeway and you're like you know 700 yards away from it it's literally the most giant compound mm-hmm. I think I've seen in, in the Phoenix space uh, what do you guys know about that house? I don't know much about it. I did have the opportunity to show a couple of houses around the corner from that house one time. Uh, and I was same same thing. I'm like, I think that's the house that I drive by on 51. <laughs> right. Where the pool overlooks and you're, you know. So I don't I don't know much about that house necessarily. You're going to have wine with that or whoever owns that right? house, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, have you ever sold houses in there in that area? I think I've shown, yeah. After yeah. a while, you show so many houses that... Sometimes it runs together. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate you guys coming down yeah. and joining us today and, uh, you know, enlightening us. And uh, it's great to, to always talk to entrepreneurs, especially in our own backyard that are, you know, uh, putting in the blood, sweat and tears to, you know, make cool things happen for themselves and other people. So we appreciate what you guys do for the community. Oh, man, thanks for com- having us come down. This is great. Yeah, thank so, you very much. Uh, if, if anybody's out there that's listening and, and uh, wants to find out more information about your guys' company, uh, where, where would they go find that? So if you're an agent looking to join a brokerage, you can go to joinplatinumliving.com. If you're just looking at the company itself, you can just go to uh, platinumlivingrealestate.com. Yep. And then you guys have, uh, it's a fantastic website with great, great pictures at platinumlivingrealty.com. Go check out the website. Got some cool cars, some Tuscan village homes on there as well uh, through the picture. Yeah, I think I said real estate. It's actually realty. Yeah, platinumlivingrealty.com. Awesome. awesome. I have so many URLs and domain names. I always forget which ones are which. So you'll you'll find that one. I think I own that one too. (laughs) Yeah, I I know how that one goes. My GoDaddy bill is... uh, She's always yelling fun. at me, what do you buy at GoDaddy? I'm like, oh, a bunch of URLs. Everything. Domain names. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, and i got to have email addresses, too. Someone's right. got to host that stuff. Exactly. Correct. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for yeah. joining us in studio. We appreciate it. Uh, all you listeners out there, don't forget to check out the podcast. Uh, please leave us a review uh, on iTunes if you're listening there. Anybody else, five stars are better because we don't like four stars. Five stars are way better. So if you give us four, I won't be mad, but uh, we, we will take the five. Uh, and, again, you guys can go to the website at findingyourfrequency.net. We'll be live every Uh, Friday at noon Pacific time on the Variety Channel. So stay tuned for some more fantastic content right here from voiceamerica.com.